the truth of this um, beautiful message that nothing, not death, not sickness, not pestilence, not, not relationships, nothing, not war, not death can separate us from the love of God. But what makes that possible? What makes the possible the possibility that we are not separated from, from God. And um, it seems to be that it is the life and the death, the resurrection, but most specifically, it's the ascension of Jesus that makes that possible, that secures us in the love of Jesus, that ensures and solidifies our forgiveness in Christ. Verse 34, if you see, if you can see that, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, and here's the ascension part, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ? So we see that, yes, Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised and who is at the right hand of God interceding for us. So what we see here is that Jesus rose from the dead and 40 days later, as I mentioned before, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. Now there's not a empty chair in heaven waiting for Jesus to literally sit in, although he may be, right? There is a throne, but it's more of the idea. It's more of the actual position. I heard a pastor describe it this way. If um, there is a literal throne in England that the queen of England sits on, but it's not as if I, if I flew out to England and walked up the stairs to the throne and sat on it, that that would be um, make me queen or king of England. This is much more about the position, it's much more about being raised up as the king of the cosmos. See, Jesus is enthroned by his resurrection and ascension. He is enthroned as the rightful king of the entire cosmos. He is ruling the world and moving all things to their fulfillment. It says in 1 Corinthians 15 that he is ruling and reigning until all things will be made subject underneath his feet. And so he is ruling the world and moving it to its fulfillments. And this is really good news. Mm. I've got um, one of us to hear this good news. This is who is ruling the world. Jesus, the wounded God with human memories, is enthroned as king at the right hand of God. His rule of resurrection is overcoming death. His rule of forgiveness is overcoming sin. His rule of welcome is overcoming our estrangement. And here is a really good truth. Now and forever, no other human except Jesus Christ is governing this wide globe, no matter how certain their control may seem. It doesn't, excuse me. (coughs) 
It does. So one second. Let me get it water. <laughs> Poor guy. We're having all kinds of trouble today, aren't we? One second. <clears throat> it doesn't matter who's president of the United States. <clears throat> It doesn't matter who is threatening to take over the world, how big China gets, um, or how um, power, how many nukes Kim Jong-un has. There is one person on the throne, and his name is Jesus. He is Jesus the Christ. The Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is his title. Christ is Messiah, the King of kings and the lord of lords so jesus is on the throne and no matter how certain the control of other rulers and dictators may be jesus is uh, on the throne and so i want to look at some of the impacts here of his rule what does it mean for jesus to be on the throne first his rule of resurrection is overcoming death. His rule of resurrection is overcoming death. So Romans says, what shall separate us from the, um, from the love of God? Shall death, he asks, and the answer is no. Death cannot separate us from God. And how can this be? It's because of the ascension, it's because of the rule and reign of Jesus, because the ascension applies the resurrection and the benefits of the resurrection. It applies and makes possible the victory of um, life over death. Um, I had a friend who believed that he, um, his job, one of his jobs in a past life was to ex. Uh, kind of accompany people to heaven at the point of their death. He, he had some, he was a little bit delusional, but he believed that he was, his job was to carry people from death to the other side. He's telling me about this and how this is a painful uh, load to carry. But here's the deal that you don't want to be in that guy's hands at death, but Jesus is actually carrying us from death, through death, and into the loving arms of the Father. One of his, his ascended, his, the jobs of the ascension is to intercede before the Father and to um, lay claim what his resurrection won for us, victory over death before the Father. So when we die, that should be the end. That should be it. But because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have victory over death. And because of Jesus' ascension, he is applying that victory to our death. And so when we, you know, the Elans have just lost their mother. Ryan lost his mother this week. So we need to be praying for them and their comfort. But I'll tell you, as I talk to Ryan, he has a hope. And he doesn't grieve as someone who does not have hope and his hope is made sure not just by the death and resurrection of Jesus, but by the ascension of Jesus, by the current and present reign of Jesus, who is applying 
his victory over death. And so when his mother died and took her last breaths, it is Jesus who escorts her into the loving presence of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is Jesus who is with us and applies the victory of resurrection to us who trust in him. And so there is no fear in death because Jesus has ascended to the throne. The second thing is his rule of forgiveness is overcoming our sin. His rule of forgiveness is overcoming our sin. See, Jesus' life and death and resurrection makes sin, uh, the forgiveness of our sins, possible. But God's forgiveness, again, is only applied by the constant, unfailing, relentless intercession and advocacy of Jesus at the right hand of the Father. See, what is Jesus doing right now? It says it in Romans 8.31. It says it in Hebrews 7.25. And it says it in 1 John 2, 1 through 2. What is Jesus, the resurrected king who has ascended to the right hand of the Father? He sat down at the right hand of the Father. What is he doing? He's interceding for us. He's advocating for us. See, Jesus is the slain lamb before the throne of God, the perfect sacrifice, who every time we sin, every time we trust in anything else but the finished work of Jesus, any time we go astray, Jesus is there saying, I died for him. My blood covers his sins. I, he's interceding for us. He's advocating for us. He's applying his death and his blood to each and every sin that we commit. If without the ascension, Jesus is not sitting um, at the right hand of the Father and applying the forgiveness that he won by his shed blood on the cross. So he's advocating for us. He's speaking up for us as the slain lamb, a perpetual sacrifice before the throne of God for our sins. This is good news. The next thing, his rule of welcome as the ascended Christ is overcoming our estrangement. Sin does not just break the relationship between us and God, but it breaks and it causes an estrangement. It causes us to be strangers and walk and posture ourselves in suspicion towards other people, towards other ethnicities, towards other people with political perspectives that are different from us, from other views that are different from us. And we exist in a culture of antagonism. We, uh, we exist in relationships that are broken, and we are estranged, and we are isolated. And Jesus' ascension to the throne makes possible his welcome, his hospitality, his, uh, his reconciliation of all things to be applied. His welcome is overcoming our estrangement. In Ephesians um, 2, 12 through 14, uh, it says something quite incredible that through the blood of Jesus, 
through his, his flesh being pierced, the, the dividing wall of hostility was torn down. One of Annalisa's uh, daily devos was on this passage, Ephesians 2, that through Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, the wall of hostility has been torn down, that separated Jew and Gentile, that separated all kinds of people, and it brings us peace. It brings us unity. The, the rule of Jesus is overcoming the estrangement that we experience in our relationships. Um, last week, my mom shared about forgiveness. We talked about forgiveness and how she had over a period of 30 to 40 years um, been on this journey of forgiveness with her father. As a little girl, she was always ready to forgive, always ready to extend forgiveness through prayer and for what she believed about Jesus. But her 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 dad kept on offending and reoffending and offending and reoffending. And and there's this journey, two step forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back in our relationships. But this is the truth of Jesus' ascension, that he sits at the right hand of the Father, that his welcome overcoming the estrangement and I believe and this is what I believe scripture teaches that every moment and every day of that 30 years where there was uh, brokenness and um, strife between my mom and her dad between my grandma and my grandpa between my grandpa and his other kids that Jesus was interceding and championing and working towards overcoming that estrangement, that Jesus was intimately concerned and praying for and advocating for the reconciliation of that relationship. And he's doing the same for your relationships. He's doing the same for the estrangement that you are experiencing because of sin and brokenness. This is what Jesus is doing at the right hand of the Father. He's applying his life, death, and resurrection to our lives. And he's releasing his ascension is the key that releases the Spirit of God to flow through the earth with all of his healing and reconciling and forgiving and welcoming power. This is what enables the renewal of all things. And this is what ensures our hope that in the end, every tear will be wiped away. And every, there will be no more crying. There will be no more sin. There will be no more death because Jesus is the resurrected King and he is moving all creation to its end which is new creation, a new heavens and a new earth. Let me say one last thing about this. I want to go back to this first statement. Jesus, the wounded God with human memories, is enthroned as the king. See, this isn't some detached, distant deity that rules and, and, and brings these things about. This is a person. We believe that Jesus is fully God and fully human. 
And in his humanity, he experienced every single um, grief and every single pain and every single betrayal. He felt what we felt. He felt physically, he felt emotionally, he felt psychologically, the all that we experience. And he takes that human experience into the very heavenly courts of God. And he intercedes for us and he advocates for us and he works for us as the wounded healer with human memory. And I would even say that it's he lives in us, the spirit of God, right? We are the body of Christ. And in his body, he still experiences our pain. It's almost like we are his nervous system, right? And every pain and every betrayal and every sickness and every death and every grief that we experience, it shoots through his body and into his experience at the right hand of the Father. And he sits interceding for us, not as a detached observer, but as an empathetic co-suffering savior. And so Jesus is with us in our pain and he's with us in the overcoming of death and he's with us in the overcoming of our sin and he's with us in the overcoming of our estrangement, not just working these things, but he is feeling these things. He is experiencing these things and he is therefore the most perfect king, the most perfect high priest. He is with us. It's the quote that I shared uh, that was flipping through, if you could see it at the beginning. Augustine said, Christ is now exalted above the heavens, but he still suffers on earth all the pain that we, the members of his body, have to bear. So Jesus is with us. He's interceding for us. And his ascension applies and makes actual, it actualizes all the riches, all the benefits of his life, his death, his resurrection, and his present power at work, bringing about the renewal of all things. So let me just ask you to respond to this uh, good news. This is good news. There is no other human being on the throne, no matter how certain that rule may seem. Jesus is on the throne as our co-suffering savior. And Jesus is overcoming our death. And Jesus is overcoming our sin. And Jesus is overcoming our estrangement. So how do you respond to this good news? There's nothing to do except for cooperate with it. And so if you are experiencing death or the fear of death or the anxiety that comes from death, right? We are all kind of living out, our tendency is to live out of this anxiety that comes from our mortality and our fear that comes from our uh, mortality. And what this is doing is it releases us from the fear of death. Jesus has conquered death and he's overcoming death. And he's with us and he's with our loved ones. And so maybe you need to bring and come to your king, the resurrected Jesus, with your fear and your anxiety around death, and that includes around the coronavirus, and that includes around economic uh, ruin that we might be facing, and all of this, come to him, 
the king who is with you and give him your fears and your anxieties. That means confessing your sin. It means coming to him and just as you are, not trying to hide what you've done or what you, who you really are or try to kind of, you know, play some kind of weird religious game with Jesus. He knows exactly your motivations. He knows exactly your fears. He knows exactly your failures. Come, confess your sins to an all-loving, all-forgiving king who is overcoming and has overcome your sin and who intercedes for you. Know this, when you confess your sins, that it is Jesus who takes that confession and takes it to the throne of God. And then where you're experiencing estrangement, where you're experiencing uh, uh, hostility in relationship, know that Jesus is overcoming that. Take that relationship. Cooperate with the work of the Spirit to bring about the healing in that relationship. Trust Him. Start praying to Him who cares about that relationship more than you do. So I just ask you in, in um, this in about 30 seconds, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to just identify what part of God's reign and rule are you needing to trust that he is overcoming? He's overcoming death. He's overcoming sin. He's overcoming your estrangement. Um, would you just pause for a moment and give that to Jesus, confident that he is with you and for you and interceding on your behalf. Our God, we thank you for your forgiveness and your shed blood that washes away and makes possible the forgiveness of our sins and makes possible our forgiveness of others. Lord, we give you thanks that you are overcoming death and that you are the one into whose arms we are laid at the moment of death and that we entrust our loved ones. We entrust those who we have lost into your arms. And because of your ascension, we know they're secure in your love as you intercede and you advocate and you apply your victory over death in their life. And God, we're thankful as we see so much isolation and we see so much, uh, hostility and, and antagonism, or that you are overcoming our estrangement. You are healing the relational wounds that we inflict on others and that have been inflicted on us. God, this is happening. This is real. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, ascended to the right hand of the Father. Lord, we look forward to your return and the day where all wrong things will be made right. In Jesus' name, amen.